Knock, knock. Who's there? Not your baby because you let it get stolen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. So today's book is The Couple Next Door, written by Sherry LaPena, narrated by Kirsten Potter. The publisher is Penguin Audio, and the release date was August 23rd, 2016, so relatively new. Mm, very new. And the duration is 8 hours and 40 minutes, so it's a, so it's an average one. It's pretty mm. long. And the genre is fiction and crime. Ooh. Ooh. The summary for this novel that we have taken from Amazon is Anna and Marco Conti seem to have it all. A loving relationship, a wonderful home, and their beautiful baby Cora. But one night, when they are at a dinner party next door, a terrible crime is committed. Suspicion immediately focuses on the parents. Per usual. Mm -hmm. But the truth is a much more complicated story. Complicated. Inside the curtained house, an unsettling account of what actually happened unfolds. Detective Rasback knows that the panicked couple is hiding something. Both Anne and Marco soon discover that the other is keeping secrets. Secrets they've kept for years. Years, 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 years. (laughs) so let's jump into it yes because that's what happened when a baby gets kidnapped i mean yeah you just gotta start i mean that first 48 hours is the most precious most precious we gotta get into it just like detective rasback so when rasback first started i was like this guy is cutthroat he is. I was like, I'm scared of him. I feel I like he made me feel like I'd kidnap the baby. Right? Like he was going to come to your house and blame you. <laughs> Definitely. He w- he reminded me of the detective in the book Gone Girl. Mm, so, to it yet. You, oh my God, so good. But that detective was just like, listen, Ben Affleck, <laughs> you need to admit to the, this killing. <laughs> admit to your wrongdoing, sir. <laughs> but yeah, he was he was a good detective. Mm-hmm. With Kirsten's narration of him and her, her voice with him, I thought she did fantastic. She mm-hmm. has a deeper toned voice, mm-hmm. but it's still very clear, very nice to listen to. You said something very interesting about her voice. Mm-hmm. So I found, like, I, I think her voice was perfect for the detective and the male voices that were in the book. Mm-hmm. But as I was listening to it and re-listening, she has such a deep voice. I don't know. It was like a sarcastic tone to her voice, too, when she was talking. And like, for instance, Anne was deeply drunk. Cynthia has been topping her up all night. Anne had meant to keep herself to a limit, but she'd let things slide. She didn't know how else she was supposed to get through the evening. This deepness that really didn't match well for me with the female voices. Mm -hmm. And it was very sarcastic, which tends to be, I think for the female characters, it was good. And the sarcasticness for it. You know, all in all, her voice is a little shaky for me. Yeah, I can see that in the descriptions of everything. Mm-hmm. She did sound a little bit sarcastic when she was just trying to describe the scene. <laughs> and I was like, man, did we do something? Exactly. They're like, the door was wooden. <laughs> I'm sorry about that wood door. I'll change it. I'll change everything about it. 
<laughs> Cynthia. Cynthia. Capouring her more. Oh, gosh. I mean, her voice for Cynthia, though. I've, yes. Okay. Cynthia Ooh. was a... I hated Cynthia. Maybe that's why I didn't like her... Which is a positive thing. Yeah. But that's probably why I didn't like her voice for females that much, because I did not like any of the female characters. Actually, I didn't like any of the characters in this book. I, yeah, all the characters were kind of terrible <laughs> They were people. horrible people. But with the women, there was just no feminine quality. I mean, Anne was whimpering half the time. Kirsten lightened up more with Anne. Yeah. But it became a boring whimper. And I was just like, oh, shut it up, Anne. Lock <laughs> <laughs> it down. Thinking more about the female characters, there weren't that many that mm-hmm. weren't posh and stuck up. Yes. Like Anne's mom, mm. super stuck up. Mm-hmm. And Cynthia, who was the neighbor to Anne and Marco. Whore. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those little outbursts. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it just hits me. Yeah, they just come at you all at once. Um, but there weren't a lot of characters that were like Anne, where they were soft and kind of fragile. Mm-hmm. Very fragile. Very fragile. She definitely had some postpartum depression going on. There was definitely some postpartum going on to the fact that she was making up things in her head. And mm-hmm. it took her a while to kind of have that relationship with the baby. But then she got the relationship, with, which is positive. But it was still this, really, what did she do? Like, she made me curious of if she did something. Even all yeah. the whimpering and everything else. I was like, this woman probably did something to this baby. I was suspicious of everybody. I was even suspicious of Razback at a certain point. I was like, did you come in here, (laughs) kidnap this baby, and then frame the parents? That was a positive thing about the book, though. It had me on the edge of my seat. I had no idea what was going on. And then when the book told you what was going on, you still didn't believe what was going on. (laughs) It It wasn't over. It wasn't over. I mean, this book had so many twists, which I saw a few different reviews that were negative against all the twists. But for me, I was in love with every single twist that happened. Yes, I loved them because it made me feel like I just got got and keep it it coming. At a certain point, we start to develop what we think happened when halfway through the book, we find out a little bit of what happened and we're correct Mm -hmm. in thinking it. We're like, yeah, we we got got this. this. We got this. But then it turns out to not even be it. Nope. Slaps us right in the face with this big old fat hands. Yeah. And and everything is turned upside down. And I feel like at a certain point with Kirsten's voice, I kind of got lost in a good way Mm -hmm. with it. Her breathing was on point. Her reading and the flow of everything was very, very well done. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I fell into the novel even more and even deeper into it. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like watching a TV show. I agree. I agree. Like, I could see everything happening just in my mind. Mm -hmm. This was one of the the books that I did not put the speed up until. Like, I probably did one and then I... The normal speed? Yeah, the normal speed. (laughs) (laughs) And then I changed it to probably maybe 1.5 towards the end because I was like, okay, I need to find out what happens. That's exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. Because I just, at a certain point, I was just on the edge of my seat. I needed to sit back because I was about to break my chair. I can't get over her handling of Anne. It was really well done. In a book where everybody was kind of sarcastic and mean Mm -hmm. and was complete opposite. Mm -hmm. She was just really weak. She was innocent and she was, yeah, like weak. That was the perfect word to describe her. And you felt that through Kirsten's voice. Yeah. Just, I was like, all right, Anne, let me hold your hand, Anne. I know, I kind of got sick of it after a while. Let me hold your hair back. You're crying. You're crying so much. It's getting to a point where the mascara is way off. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybelline needs to come up in here. Yeah, right. Fix this. Maybe it's not Maybelline. (laughs) (laughs) She had such an annoying voice, but it was well done. So I give kudos to Kirsten for that. Mm -hmm. 
So do you think with her character voices and everything that she had a, a good grasp of interest in the novel? Do you think that she had interest in the novel? Everything was just so clear cut with her. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fake. It was just yeah. very natural. And I really think that was a part of the interest to the story because it was kind of like she was going at it with the audience, even though she's probably read this book Multiple a couple times, of times yeah. yeah, before recording. It was like she was experiencing everything with us mm-hmm. the first time. So I really like that. Yeah. One of my notes for it was that when the tension starts to build, you can hear it really well in her voice. Mm-hmm. She just dives into it and just goes for it. In audiobooks, sometimes you you miss the twist and you miss the big part because you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. But with Kirsten's voice, it was kind of like she was guiding us to the twist. And she said, okay, this is an important part. Pay attention. My voice is going to do this. Yeah. And I really, really like that because I never missed anything from the first twist when it got flipped and then the next twist. And it was just so everything linked so perfectly. Yeah. That's one of the things that I really liked about the story in general is Mm -hmm. that it just went together really well. Definitely. Perfectly crafted puzzle Mm. that just had all of the edges lined up great. Mm -hmm. One thing I do want to talk about... (laughs) Where'd you go there? <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's mess up the puzzle and redo it. <laughs> but one thing I do want to talk about, and I wouldn't say this is anything to do with the interest or the emotion or anything, but I think it has to do with the writing, describing the setting. Mm-hmm. When in the beginning, they were talking about going over to their neighbor's house for the dinner party. And to me, I was imagining an apartment. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. we were talking about mm-hmm. this? We didn't get till maybe chapter three or four where she described they were townhouses. Yeah. And I said I would have liked to hear that there were townhouses before mm-hmm. because in my head, I was like, oh, it's just an apartment that probably just next door, ran over. How, how did they not hear someone breaking into their house? But thinking of them as townhouses, I was like, okay, now I can see how losing a baby is easier. Yeah. <laughs> and how negligent that these parents are. I just feel townhouses are completely different than apartments. Yeah. I mean, I honestly <laughs> still can't get over the fact that they left their baby home alone. Okay, so they were next door. I mean, I guess this brings up a debate about parents. Parenting, yeah. Leaving your baby in in a house completely alone. You have the baby monitor with you, but it's completely possible that while you're drinking, you forget about it. It stops working or one of you go over when you're checking the baby and you accidentally turn the baby monitor off for whatever reason. I don't know. I think that there's a lot of possibilities mm-hmm. for something to go wrong. Yeah. I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe these parents. But, but, the, but the parents that I know, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody making decisions for themselves, but the parents that I know, I don't think would have left <laughs> the baby for that long. Their first time baby, like their first time baby owners is yeah. what I almost said. And I, and I get it. First time parents. <laughs> And and also, just let you know that, let's preface this, this is not a spoiler, because this happens within oh, yeah. the first five seconds of the book. I mean, right from the jump, this novel gets into it. Yeah. It describes these parents are drinking heavily next door to the, in, at their neighbor's house. They drunk. And they left the baby. <laughs> yeah. And they're not caring anything about it. They try to get a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Babysitter canceled. So they decided that it would be a good idea to leave the baby there and check on her every 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Anne and Marco would alternate. As they started getting drunker, Marco started to get a little bit flirty with Cynthia. Cynthia. And and she wasn't having it. No, she was not having it. So she's like, I'm going to stare at you and give you a hate face. Yeah. And we're going home. They go home and then they're like, 
our baby's gone. Oopsie. Oops. <laughs> I don't know any other new babies that were just born sleeping through the night like this baby did or what they expected this baby to do because they were gone from seven and then they were they came home at 1.30. <laughs> so what new baby is sleeping from six or seven to 1.30? I don't know. I don't even feel confident leaving Pony, our dog, at home for that long. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and he doesn't even need diaper changes Mm -hmm. that often. But I... Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Because there are some dogs that wear diapers. (laughs) He does not wear diapers. I just wanted to slip it in there. (laughs) Let's give them credit. They did come back every half hour, but they were drunk. I know. (laughs) They were drunk. And Ann and Marco did not hold back on the glasses. No. (laughs) They were chugging and chugging and chugging. Also, so one of the things, one of the problems that I read about this book, this is another con that I actually researched a little bit more, Mm -hmm. was the writing of Ann saying that she needed to like pump and dump because she was breastfeeding. Pump and dump. Yeah. I I (laughs) I read some things about that where people were angry about the inclusion of that because it's false information, Mm -hmm. which it is false information. But a lot of new moms think that is actually how you do it. So I don't fault the writer for having that in there because Anne's a new mom. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to believe that she's a new mom. If she thinks that's what she's supposed to do, then that's what she thinks she's supposed to do. I heard on TV shows Mm -hmm. of people saying, oh, I'm going to have to pump and dump now Yeah, after they drink a glass of wine. Which, yes, it's false, but I think we need to go after the not fictional books that have this information in it, but the actual people who are putting it out there as fact. Mm -hmm. I agree. Somebody had that critique of the book and I, because they were like, I think that you need to edit future versions and take that part out. But Anne is a character. She's supposed to be believable. She's supposed to be a Mm -hmm. real person. Anne's supposed to be a a suspect. Yeah. This is believable. Anne's not the best mother. She's not that smart. She had postpartum, so it was a delay in being nurturing to your daughter. So while I appreciate that person's critique of it, I just think that their anger should have been directed at the actual science. What's another critique that we had of it? So one of the other things that we had a problem with was the fact that if you Google the couple next door... There is a description on Google Books that has two different names. It has May and Nico seem to have it all. So it's two different character names. And you notice something interesting about the book. who the hell is May and Nico? There's also another thing about the cover of the book. I think it was published before in a different part of the world. I don't know. But it's a completely different cover. I thought that was pretty strange, that similarity between them and the different write-ups. Because I don't know if Mm -hmm. I've ever seen a book that has two different versions of it that Mm -hmm. aren't just in like a different language. So did you get a clear picture of the novel? In the eight hours and 40 minutes? I think so. I mean, after you you brought up a good point about the house, Mm -hmm. um, I started thinking about it. And I also related to thinking that it was apartment because they talk about sharing a wall. Mm -hmm. That to me is just apartment life kind of description. Exactly. Because they said that you could hear her do things. Yeah. And always commented on, oh, Cynthia's next door. She's doing this. And... Yeah, she I, could hear her. Yeah. And I was like, in all the townhouses that I've ever been I in. I can't hear nobody. I can't hear anything. Because they got that big firewall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the townhouses that they live in are super expensive. They're not cheap. Exactly. So, so if they would, can hear things. Yeah. If you would think that they can afford a wall that you can't hear everything. Yeah. They need to up that HOA and mm-hmm. put in some fireproof walls. <laughs> 
But yeah, I also got a clear picture of the novel Mm -hmm. in the allotted time. It was just fantastic. I really... Yeah. It took me to the houses. It took me to the the detective station. What do they call it? Police station. (laughs) (laughs) The detective station. (laughs) They took me to the police station. They took me to the park and the... In the forest. Forest and the cabin. It was just like, oh my God, so many places. And I was... I felt like I was traveling with them. So I really liked that. That's why I felt like I was watching a TV show more than listening to a book is because the voices were there for the characters the writing was there for the characters and the world building was there. It was just fantastic. Mm -hmm. I really want to see a TV show of this. They better be making a movie. Hopefully. So, but do you think the eight hours and 40 minutes was too long, too short? What do you think? Oh my God. If it was any longer, I would have been listening on two speed just because I needed to get through all of the twists because they were so hitting. Mm -hmm. They they were so hard hitting. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish it was shorter. Because I felt that some things were taking a little bit too long to get to. Really? Like Mm -hmm. what? One example would be in the end when Marco and Anne were talking to the grandparents. There was a scene where it was just a lot of back and forth. Anne would come into the room. They would have a conversation. And then there was Marco who would come into the room. He would leave the room. They again come in. It was just like a lot of back and forth. A lot of time elapsed. And I felt that could have been summarized more quickly to get to the point. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's a baby. There's A baby's missing. A baby is still missing. Precious time. And they, they were like, should we call the detective right now? What should we do? I mean, it was just like, mm-hmm. you guys got to move. Yeah. You've been at this for eight hours and 40 minutes mm-hmm. now. And that made me more suspicious of them. I guess that's what the writer was trying to do. But in an audiobook, it's just like, all right, come on. I already know I should be suspicious of them. Mm-hmm. Let's get to it. Mm-hmm. I can see that. But I think I just got so wrapped up in it all. And I was just... Just wanting to know what was happening. So how did you listen to this audiobook? I listened to this one on Overdrive. Overdrive. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. It was waitlisted. It really? So I, yeah. So I had, it's still currently waitlisted too. Get in, get in and get out with that thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that I actually got one since it is a really hot book right now. So where did you listen to it? Were you at home listening to it or were you out and about? This was actually a book that I started being able to do my workouts to. Like runs mm. and stuff. Oh, yes. So yes. usually I can do like the weights and stuff while mm-hmm. listening to an audiobook and be fine. But usually when I'm running, I like to have music. Mm-hmm. But this book was fantastic for running too. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it got my adrenaline going. I think this book would be a great audiobook to listen to if you're walking the dog. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know how some families and ba- you know new parents walk babies in strollers outside and take walks? This would be a great time to listen to that book. Yeah. Because you're watching all the couples next door. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. watching them to make sure if they're, like, walking their baby down the street, they don't leave the baby in the middle of the road. Like, I feel like Anne and, and Marco oh, would. Oh, Anne would totally do that. Like, she would just leave it and then come back later when she thinks it's hungry. Mm-hmm. And then it would be kidnapped. Yeah, and then it would be gone. And she'd oh. be like, why is this happening? <laughs> well, maybe because you left your baby in the middle of the street. Is this because of my postpartum? Right. <laughs> I'm like, Anne, you get it. It's a serious thing, but get your act together. There's a lot of other things going on besides postpartum. Oh, my gosh. This book had so many layers to it. <laughs> <laughs> just your dismiss your dismissive nature of postpartum <laughs> depression you're like and we know about your postpartum get on with it i just felt like as the character there was a lot of gaslighting we talked about yes. that and woman, the woman in cabin 10 and you just want to pick her up and say this isn't just you this is a lot of people messing with you poor little Anne. <laughs> She needed so many conversations. Mm-hmm. So many. And that was why it was too long. <laughs> At a certain point, I was like, Anne, you need a Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Go to a real therapist. Not your mother, your father, or the neighbor next door. 
Or don't go to Cynthia. (laughs) Don't go to Cynthia. Cynthia doesn't care about your problems. Cynthia openly hated their baby. (laughs) (laughs) She did. She said, please don't bring it. Like it was like a yeah. A Cynthia, scarf. Cynthia was part of the re- <laughs> like an was, ugly scar like from last season. Please don't bring that into my house, right? <laughs> Cynthia was part of the reason why they had left the baby in the first place because she didn't want Cora crying and making noise and doing baby things that babies do. Yeah, because she did not like babies. Mm. It's such a twisty roller coaster is of it, emotions. Is it weird? The whole time I was thinking about Cynthia, I was thinking about. Angelica's. No, I was, I knew you were going to say that. And I was like, please say it. So I could be like, we're the same person. It was Angelica's baby doll. Yes. In, in with the rats. crazy hair. I, every time they talked about Cynthia, I was, like, I was like, this is a crazy haired doll right now. <laughs> it's a crazy haired doll. And Anne is short for Angelica, probably. Right? Not de- definitely not in this novel, but in our heads, we're like retconning yep. that this was Angelica in the future. Yes, definitely. Oh my gosh. That gnarly looking doll with the purple and the yellow stripes, and, and she just Cynthia just looked like she wanted to be buried in the backyard, just put to rest. She's <laughs> like, I am. I imagine Cynthia looking looking haggard and mm-hmm. and rough. Mm-hmm. The Cynthia from the couple next door. We're back to the couple <laughs> next door now. So, how did you listen to this book? I actually listened to this book, Walking the Dog. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, my sister just got her new pup and we're training it on the leash and we're walking the dog and I took him, my road is like about a mile long. So we just up and down. So that's why I listened to this book. Most, I'm not all of it. Most of it was, you know, driving. Yeah, that would be a long time just walk, walking up and eight down. Eight hour walk. <laughs> Creeping but. on the neighbors and like, what are you guys doing What are you guys there? doing over there, couple? Next door. <laughs> So would you do the audiobook, the actual book, or if there is a movie to be had, mm-hmm. would you do a movie? I hope there's a movie, but I would stick with the audiobook for right now. Yeah. I feel like with Kirsten's voice, she did a really great job just building everybody up. Mm-hmm. The regular book, I'm sure, is fantastic, mm-hmm. but just after being exposed to Kirsten's voice, I don't think I can just read. Yep. Once you go with Kirsten, you never go back. So would you shelf it or shove it? (laughs) (laughs) I would have to say shelf this. Mm -hmm. It has a place on my shelf, (laughs) a little nook in the shelf, a little spot. Yeah, this will probably go in two different sections, thriller and the parenting section. (laughs) 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 Learned a lot from this book. Mm -hmm. Learned a lot what not to do. Never leave your kid and go drink. At your neighbor's house. And they, they never got in trouble for neglect. No, they I mean, didn't. I don't, I don't even care about spoiling this, but they never got in trouble. <laughs> no. I'm like, come on now. They just kind of forgot that part. I mm-hmm. mean, the the papers definitely rang them through mm-hmm. through the ringer there. They were accusatory of, why would you leave your baby? Yeah. Why don't you remember what your baby was wearing? Which made Anne not so... Made it push her more to the edge. Pushed That's why more. I think news reports are not always... Mm-hmm. Not always that good. Yep. I mean, they vilified the parents. They did. And yeah, to some extent, that was necessary. To the other part, these, these parents have just lost their kid. Yeah. There's so much more yeah. going on. Oh, gosh. Mm. All right. Well, that covers us for the couple next door. So please follow us on Facebook and Twitter for updates for our episodes that happen every Monday. And please do not leave your baby unattended. Yes. Please don't leave your baby on our Twitter handle. 
Which we is, are Cynthia's, and we do not want your babies on our Twitter handle. <laughs> and our Twitter handle is actually at AudioshelfMe. So find us. And if you're interested in listening to The Couple Next Door, please follow the link on our page at audioshelf.me to sign up for a free trial of Audible to get two free books. Two free books. Two free books. Wow, two free babies. I mean... No. <laughs> Two free babies that you can leave at somebody else's house unattended mm-hmm. and just like leave them. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> and also please download us and follow us on iTunes podcasts, Stitcher and Google Play Music. <laughs> Bye. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Okay, what do you want me to do How again? do we follow that up? I don't know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Definitely. I wanted to say post-Prometheus. <laughs> Is that, isn't like, that an alien? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not it. Well, you I mean, into babies an alien. do look like aliens sometimes, <laughs> most of the time, all the time. <laughs> I would never kidnap an alien baby. But... <laughs> right? I would never kidnap a regular baby. <laughs> well, don't leave your kids around bread. <laughs> Takes your hands in your, your face in its hands and just slaps you. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> What the hell is the traffic doing tonight? <laughs> oh my god, is there a circus? I'm about to go put a, a stop sign up. I'm gonna go ass. put some like a strip of nails down. <laughs> <laughs> All your cars are dead now. Every time it happens, I look at the window. <laughs> the mean, the mean window. <laughs> I get real. I get real feisty with that with, window. With your blinds. I'm getting hot. Uh, I can tell. Do you need to pump and dump? I think I do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Don't apologize. It's your opinion. Why are you apologizing for your opinion? No, just... And I would go and I would collect these hookers and then I would take them into a park. This is an SVU episode. <laughs> and then after they would be done with their job, they'd get out and I would run them over. <laughs> Literally. And I would, just, I would just make up in my head these headlines of like, hooker serial killer strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Grand Theft Auto is great. It's a good game. It teaches you a lot of bad life lessons. I think that's why I got into mental health. What is it? Uh, what, are, what do they call women who... Suffer? No. <laughs> when they put up like makeup and they look like they just got... I don't even know what you're trying to say. It's a phrase. Hit, busted, and disgusted. Um, what? What's that word? I don't even know. It's gonna, it's, ah! Is it a word or a phrase? No, it's a phrase. Uh, does it have an animal in it? You, you does look it have like people? you were road hard and put away wet. Road hard and put away. Anyway, Cynthia look road hard. <laughs> road hard. <laughs> <laughs> put away wet, right? What are you trying to say? Let's, I need to Google this. Yes, road please. hard and put away. Oh, God, that's the flashlight. <laughs> I don't know how to work this thing. Road hard and put away wet. That's the, that's the thing. What does it Urban mean? Urban dictionary. It sounds really bad. The way someone looks or feels when they've had a hard time of it. From a horseman's term, when someone has not taken care of a horse after a hard day. No bucket required? The example is... <laughs> what is going on? Mm-hmm.